everyone. I'm so glad you're here today. I had the lovely Crystal, who is a wellness coach, on today, and she loves to call herself a playful expert. I absolutely love and adore her energy and her passion for what she does. We had the most amazing conversation in this episode, so I feel like you can get so much good information and knowledge out of this episode. So I'm just going to leave it there, let you just be a little surprised on what we talk about today because it was really good. Welcome to the Intuitively Guided Podcast. My name is Holly Knicken, and I'm an intuitive healer, a Reiki master, and a love of all things that have to do with our body, mind, spirit, and soul. I'm on a mission to bring awareness to our mental well-being and how we're all connected, how what we focus on, we attract more of that into our life, and how your energy and vibration is everything. You are way more powerful than you even know. You have the ability to heal yourself within with the right tools, mindset, nutrition, and knowledge. If you are looking to take full responsibility and create the life of your desires, you have showed up in the correct spot. My intention for this podcast is to give you the tools, resources, and stories that can inspire you, motivate you, and give you what you need in order to give you lasting change. I believe to live your fullest life, you have to clear out the garbage, which is your past difficulties you've experienced in life in order to create the life of your dreams. I am so excited that you are here with me today. So let's click that like and follow button so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now let's get started. Hi everyone, I'm so glad you're here and I want to introduce Crystal. She is a wellness coach, and I'm going to let her actually take it over and just introduce herself. Tell us a little bit about your journey in life and how you got to where you are. Oh, boy. Well, hi, Holly. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am uh, what I call myself a playfulness expert (laughs) in the health and wellness industry. So it's not that we're playing games the whole time or or going to the park, although sometimes that is part of it. Um, But it's really about, you know, I at some point learned that playfulness was the key and not taking myself so seriously, not taking life so seriously. You know, sometimes um, we often do, especially when we're so focused on a goal um, that we forget to kind of live in between where we are and where we're going. So that's really the core message of what I try to explain to people is that it's about feeling alive in the moment, actively living in vitality every day. So it's okay whether you haven't completely hit that goal or reached that milestone. It's you know, about the journey, really getting, getting from one place to the other. So uh, I'd love to say that I was born this way and just woke up to a life of great health and <laughs> great mindset and all those things. But uh, I'm sure, as you know, and the people you speak to, that's really hardly ever the case. It, it took uh, some years of getting kicked down and uh, finding my own way and struggling to find my own health that led me to this philosophy and and sort of the way I help other people through it. Wow, that's amazing. And can you just speak a little bit about that? Because um, I find that uh, a lot of people just, they're like, oh, this is just the way life is. 
it's a mindset thing that any one of us can do because I know that I have a great lookout on life and it is a whole mindset. And it, like you said, I didn't grow up that way. I didn't come into the earth like all this. I was a very dark and depressed person at one point. And so just can you talk about how you shifted your mindset? Yeah. So um, it, it really came down to finding a path to serenity, I call it. And, you know, almost like following kind of like the 12 steps in a way, like, you know, being able to just surrender to God, to my higher power and ask for that help daily in my life. And just sort of some of the practices around that, um, you know, as well as looking internally at my own flaws and, you know, the parts of my character that maybe we're screwing me over all the time and, um, you know, kind of weighing on some of those relationships or, or hindering me from getting to my goals. Like, you know, kind of that, I, a concept of personal responsibility, I think is really what it was. So, you know, being able to, to do that, that's hard. Not everybody wants to do that. A lot of people live in sort of the blame game and, you know, want to sort of be in the victim mentality. And I was there for years. I mean, that that's really comfortable, you know, that's a really comfortable place to be. So, so getting out of that, taking that leadership, that personal responsibility, and then, you know, again, asking God to kind of like remove those things from my life and saying like, well, I've lived 30 some years on this earth and these things have followed me this long. So, you know, I, I must not have all the answers. Can you imagine, Holly? I don't have all the answers. <laughs> it's a journey for sure, right? It is. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it for me. Just, you know, putting those pieces together and then I think committing to practicing those things every day. Okay. And I just have a question because I noticed you use the word God. Do you use that in your coaching business? I do. You know, I, for me, my God is a Christian God, but like, I understand that God can show up in many forms for many people, sort of like that higher power, just a power greater than you. And, you know, whatever that is for someone. Um, I mean, I understand that we all have a different path to finding that, but I, I think that without it, you know, sort of without that guiding light, like the world can be very dark and, you know, it's sort of like when we go into a room and it's pitch black and you don't have a flashlight, what do you do? You end up stumbling, you end up bumping into things and, you know, you're not going to get to the other side of the room very fast. If you have a light to sort of shine on that path in front of you, you know, you're going to get there quicker. You're not going to stub your foot. You're not going <laughs> to trip over something or break that vase or whatever. So, you know, having, having that is, is very crucial, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Having some type of faith in a higher power for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So I love that you have that connection in there. So what is it that you, you do a playful, can you explain what that more of what that looks like? Yeah. So, you know, honestly, it's the exact opposite of what most people would probably think. So when I talk about playfulness, I often talk about routine and habit and people are like, what? That sounds like the complete opposite of playfulness. Like you know, or like personal freedom. And I'm, I'm like, Oh, it's all about having habits and practicing them. And they're like, what? They just want to run the other way. Um, especially when I tell my clients to like write in a gratitude journal, you wouldn't believe what <laughs> resistance I get for that. Just that simple thing. Um, but I think it's that, that concept of like, Oh no, there's one more thing I have to commit to in my life. But we don't realize that 
that it's because it's so uncomfortable to commit to ourselves. I think that's really what the, what the struggle is with people that they're committed to their jobs. They're committed to their spouses, their kids, their extended family, their communities, all the stuff that we fill our schedules with. And we oftentimes get put at the very bottom. And, you know, anytime we're, again, sort of forced to look at that and look at ourselves, spend some time with ourselves, writing in a journal, meditating, it's like such an uncomfortable thing. So, you know, part of that playfulness is like discovering yourself again. Like when we're kids, it's sort of like, I always use this example of like, um, you know, a kid can like be lost in play, right? And we know that like mom's making dinner and like eventually that playtime's going to end or, or whatever, but, but we're so involved in that thing that we're doing that like sort of the rest of the world falls away. And while a child has a lot of structure, like, you know, kids have to go where mom and dad tells them to go. They have to go to school. They have to go here or there, right? They eat when we're, we tell them to and everything like that. But, but there's still this sense of like independence that kids have that no one can take away from them. So when they are lost in that activity, when they are playing with that thing or, you know, trying to learn how to walk or, or just these little simple things that they start to discover as kids, it's like the rest of the world falls away. We lose that capability, I think, as adults. We lose that capability, first of all, to get completely engrossed in something we're doing and, you know, kind of let the world fall away. But I think also that that idea of like, well, we're just doing it for the sake of doing it. We're not doing this thing because it's going to change the world. We're not playing with this toy because it's going to have some effect on my future self, right? I think we're so like stuck in, well, what's the purpose? How am I being productive? Like, you know, there's, there's not so much a sense of just wonderment and doing the thing in the present. It's always like, well, is it going to get me to my goal? How quick is it going to get me to my goal? If I don't eat this cake, Am I going to lose five pounds tomorrow? Well, if not, screw it. I'm just going to, you know, it's like that sort of inability to just play around and be in the moment, really. Yeah, I I fully can resonate. And I feel like a lot of, as soon as we hit a certain age, we don't wonder anymore. And we don't, we don't play or have fun. And I used to years ago, I, for years, I worked with children and it's so interesting just to watch them. Because it, like, honestly, when they're in their zone, they can't, they, nothing else matters. Exactly. Exactly. And Holly, that's how I just discovered this, I think, concept of playfulness, even though maybe I didn't exactly know what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. Somebody else had to point it out to me that that's what I was really teaching. But um, I taught dance for years in college and all that. And I, on Thursday nights, I would have this little, like a toddler class with three and four-year-olds and they would be right before my adult class of like women taking belly dance. Okay. So like such a juxtaposition of like ages. So here we are, the three and four-year-olds, they're like running around the room. Tutus are falling off. I mean, they don't even know, they don't know what the heck they're doing. I mean, I'm saying right hand, they're putting up their left hand, they're moving their left foot. It's like, they don't care. They're just there. They don't care what's happening next. They don't care where they came from earlier. They're just so in the moment. They're like making faces in the mirror and hugging each other. And it's, it's just such a different environment. When the, when the adult women would come in the classroom, it was like, 
oh, they didn't want to see their bodies in the mirror. And, oh, I'm so embarrassed. And, oh, how can I move my hips like that? And it was, they were just judging everything. They were judging everything they were doing. There was no sense of play in them at all. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to do that step and you move that way. And I didn't go that way. So I must be a failure and I'm never going to get this. And, and so that's when I think I started to realize, like, how can I break these walls down with these women? How can I like just make this such a playful environment? And like, for me, I'm, I'm a very like performing type person. Like I sing, I I do theater, you know? So I, I think for me, it was like, I just got goofy, you know, I got goofy with it. I'd say funny things, you know, sort of break that ice for the, break the tension in the room and just get women to laugh, get women to play. And then all of a sudden it was like, they were getting it, you know, they were getting it without even really knowing they were getting it. And they were just having such a better time. <laughs> right. And I can, I can resonate with that. Cause I've been in different, I've taken a couple different dance classes and you can always see it. You can see that like where we judge ourselves or we judge if we're not moving the same as everybody else. And I know me, I even judge myself sometimes to be like, Oh, but look at how good they're doing it. And I'm not, <laughs> you know? And so how do you, so you said you use this in your coaching business with like a routine and a schedule. So when someone's picking a wellness coach, what does your program look like? Yeah. So it's not a one size fits all. Um, you know, honestly, we spend a lot of time working on mindset at the kind of the get-go and the the one thing that's I think really surprising is that I, I adhere to like a stoic sort of philosophy. So, you know, the first thing we kind of talk about is like, okay, what's in your control, what's not in your control? And really just sort of living, okay, what what is my opinion about this situation? And am I getting overwhelmed with something that is totally outside of my control? So, you know, sort of like the wisdom and the moderation and like the uh, fortitude that we need, like all of these kind of stoic virtues that we need to like put on, you know, as armor almost to be able to go and step into something new. So, so that's really where we start. And then it's kind of based on everybody's goals. So, you know, sometimes intermittent fasting works for people. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes small meals during the day work for people. You know, I, I incorporate sort of like your wellness tour guide, you know, I say, okay, well, where's the destination? How do we want to get there? And how can I keep you accountable to those things? And so, you know, we use sort of like this habit layering type of philosophy where I say, okay, well, okay, you're going to have to start eating healthier. Of course, you're going to have to exercise more. Of course, you're going to have to sleep better. Of course, you're going to have to manage your stress, right? But doing that all today is going to seem completely overwhelming. And if you, nobody can do all those things, right. And do them perfectly, especially when we just start. So at the end of the day, we end up feeling like failures because we're like, wow, shoot, today was the day I was going to quit smoking. I was going to be a vegan. I was going to run three miles and I I didn't do any of those things. And look, I'm never going to get this right. It's like, ah, well, how about we just do one thing? Like, I don't know, maybe put your shoes on and go for a walk for half an hour or, you know, what's, what's the one thing we can do today to get you a little bit closer to that goal. And then you start to build this confidence in yourself. Cause you're like, I did the thing. Oh my gosh. Now I think I could do another thing and another thing. And then before you know it, it's transformation really is what it is. It's you're becoming a different person. That's 
just the simple notion of it. It's really that. Wow. And so what you say you enter play. So what are some other than schedule and routine? What are some other things you do for to bring the playfulness out into the coaching? Yeah. So, I mean, of course, just having humor about it and being able to laugh at ourselves. So, you know, if somebody's trying to be a vegan, for instance, and they, oh, like crap, I accidentally ate chicken today. It's not, it's not that come down on you hard. It's okay. Well, what was the situation? Could you not avoid it? Like, what's the thing, right? So I think just helping people see that they don't have to take life so seriously, but also like, like I said, I'm a performer. I love to sing. I love to dance. So I encourage people to do those things. Like you were saying, go take a dance class, you know, get outside your element, take an improv class, go learn how to be goofy in your body. I mean, some of those things are really kind of like exploratory and can be magical when you like, wow, I would, or go to karaoke night. I mean, like those are crazy things, right? I mean, sometimes in order to get a breakthrough in one area of your life, you have to force yourself out of your comfort zone in another. So, you know, being able to say, well, okay, we stuck, what are we stuck on? Like, can you inject some creativity and some play into your day? Or maybe it's going out and having like a soccer game with your kids out in the yard or throwing a football around or, you know, just something like that. Like, let's just get away from the thing that's stressing you out and let's just play, just be in your body, be in the moment you know, get lost. Right. And I feel like, I don't know for you, if you feel the same, but I feel like women in general have a hard time with that Mm -hmm. of like playing and just be like, forget about everything else. Amen. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, and and that too, I think it starts small because for some women, it's hard to be like, well, I got little kids at home. I, you know, there's no way I could just go enter a dance class or, you know, go, do yoga in the park or, you know, some of those things aren't more challenging, you know, depending on what stage of life you're in. So, but could you put on music and just have a dance party in your living room? Or, you know, could you make up a fun game with dinner or preparing food or something like have a cook-off or a bake-off with your kids? I mean, there are lots of ways to think outside the box. And I think just allowing women to know that it's okay. I think, you know, going back to that idea of like when we're kids at some point we go from exploring and learning to like being in a school environment where you have to like raise our hand like oh my is this question is just can i even ask this question right like right we learn at some point that we don't want to just ask questions we don't want to ask the wrong question we always want if somebody calls on us we better have the right answer god forbid if they if the teacher calls on us and we're wrong how embarrassing is that so i think it's like that idea of like it's okay just having somebody in your life to be like no it's okay like if somebody says hey i want to do this and you're just like yeah that's cool you know like sometimes we just need that because we're so used to like seeking that approval you know and seeking that like is this okay if I do this? Like, yeah, get on, get out with your bad self, you know? <laughs> oh, I agree. I, I truly believe, I even think for myself that I take life too seriously sometimes. And I'm always reminding myself, like life is not supposed to be serious. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be abundant. We're not supposed to come here and stress and worry about things. Yeah, Absolutely stress can actually do a lot to the body as well. Amen. 
Yeah. yeah. Have Have you noticed that in your life? To the body, yes. Uh, well, I could probably say that probably. Usually, if I get really stressed, I'll I won't watch what I eat. I'm usually I've been studying nutrition for like nine years, and I've gotten to a very good place of knowing what my body enjoys and how what other things it doesn't really partake. And so, but when I get stressed, I notice I just don't care what I put in my body anymore because I'm just like feeding it whatever. Yeah, honestly, and then that sort of has like a snowball effect, right? Because then. I mean, you understand you're studying nutrition, like nutrition can affect the way you sleep and, you know, how your joints feel and like your energy levels and all those things. So it's that it's sort of like this just never ending cycle that you end up on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it really does. It affects the way I feel. It affects my energy for sure. Um, the, yeah, definitely the way I feel in my body. Cause then I, then depending, I could be like, if I binge eat, I'll be like, oh, why would I do that? I feel like shit now how, you know, it's just a vicious cycle. So what are some tools you can recommend for someone who is going, if they struggle with binge eating through stressful events, is there anything you can suggest for someone? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it it takes a long time sometimes to unravel like the behavioral things that we've learned or the reasons behind why we do things. I mean, oftentimes a behavior is triggered by something else, whether we're really aware of it or not. So, you know, that's, that's where I think working with a coach can be really helpful because sometimes it's easier for other people to point out or even ask you a question like, well, interesting. Why did you overeat that night? What happened that day? Right. So I think the first step is awareness. Like I always say awareness, acceptance, and action. So just start becoming aware and don't judge it. Just be aware of it. So, you know, that's acceptance, right? So it's like, ah, man, why am I, why am I binge eating at this certain time of the month? Well, is it around your period or is there stress at work that comes during that time of month? Like just start being aware, even writing it down in a journal or just making a mental note of it, awareness, and then accept it, accept that that's something that happens for you and ask yourself, well, you know what? I only really binge on potato chips, fries and stuff like three days before my period. And I'm fine with that. Well, cool. Maybe you don't have to modify that behavior. Maybe you don't have to beat yourself up about that behavior either. But if it is something you want to change, then you got to take some action. Then you got to say, okay, well, I'm gonna, you know what? Let me mark on the calendar those three days before my next cycle or when I think it's coming and just be aware of it again. And then decide something different for yourself or don't have those things in the house next month for yourself and, you know, take some sort of positive action. But I think that's really the first step is, you know, being aware, are you talking yourself out of a workout? Are you hanging around with people who are bringing you down all the time or, you know, judging you or something like that? So yeah, really being aware. That's the first step. Yeah. I find it very interesting that you mentioned also the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Cause that has a huge impact on, on us, but a lot of people don't cons- consider that at all. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. Yeah. But we're creatures of habit and tribal creatures. So this is something I talk about a lot, sort of when I uh, give uh, public speeches is this idea, especially for women, there's this weird thing that happens with the, the tribal sort of like mentality. So I see this happen so much with high achieving women 
it's like, we work so hard to get to a certain place or goal or in our career or whatever. And then we start to see people maybe in our tribe, whether that's our family our circle of friends, our colleagues, they're not achieving those things. They're not striving for those things. Even maybe they don't, they don't want to be an entrepreneur. They don't want to, you know, excel at their job or whatever. And so those people start to tear down your accomplishments and then you start to go, Oh, Oh boy. Like, so it's like this concept of shining a light. And I say like, we go, Oh, I better dim my light down because my light's shining brighter than everybody else's. And I'm going to be kicked out of the tribe if I don't just tame it down a little bit. So I'll just tame it down. It's fine. I'll just tame it down. And we end up going through our whole lives, like taming it down over and over again, because I think we're so afraid of like these people not accepting us or being thrown out of this tribe. And, oh, it took me so long to find this tribe. How am I ever going to find another one? And if I leave the village, all these lions are going to kill me. You know, it's this like weird thing that happens in our brains. So I think, again, being aware that's happening, that can be huge for a woman to be like, wow, yes, wow, I've been totally diminishing my accomplishments or self-sabotaging myself because these other people around me just don't get it. They're not on the same track as me. And it's like so uncomfortable to start like breaking out of that tribe. Mm -hmm. And so what do you recommend for someone who is at that point where they notice that they're shining their light, their tribe has kind of dimming their light? What advice would you give for them? I love this like saying that we had as Girl Scouts. I don't know if you were Girl Scout, but it was like, make new friends, but keep the old one is silver and the other's gold. Like, I just love that because you know, oftentimes we don't want to abandon people. We don't want to say, well, I just need to stop, you know, just stop communication with those people altogether. Like that feels terrible. We don't want that. Like that's the opposite of what we're trying to do. And so I'd say, you know, keep the friends around, you know, at a distance, maybe, you know, start to kind of like detach from some of the things, or if there's an activity that they do, like, going out for drinks after work, you know, multiple times a week, maybe just start to pull back. Maybe one day uh, out of that week, you go, Oh, you know what? I I'm not going to, I'm going to go sign up for a yoga class so that I have an excuse not to go and, you know, go have drinks with these girls. And even though you really enjoy that, it's okay to enjoy that, but you're also probably really going to enjoy meeting the women at the yoga class too. And maybe they want to go out for smoothies or whatever, like, you know, so it's not that, you have to completely abandon those people. But I think you have to kind of start removing yourself. I mean, of course, if it's a dangerous or abusive emotional situation or something, yes, remove yourself. But, um, you know, just just find ways that you can start creating another tribe somewhere on the side even. (laughs) Right, right. It really depends the people you surround yourself with. I totally believe in that. I went to, I've seen Tony Robbins several times and I know I've got like her, the, the five people that you surround yourself with will dictate your life. Very true. Yeah. And so it's really important. Like who are the people that you are surrounding yourself with? Yeah, exactly. And I think they can be five different people in different areas. Like, you know, I have fitness friends, but maybe they're not all entrepreneurs or I have coach friends, 
that, you know, are trying to level up in their coaching, but maybe they're not super into nutrition and fitness like I am. Or, you know, I have people that I love to go to church with, or I love to see, you know, sort of surround me in like a spiritual sense. But again, they're not coaches or entrepreneurs or people that go to the gym all the time. So I think it's okay also to have these different tribes of people that you, that you run with. And as long as the people that you're surrounding, I think yourself with the most are not toxic. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What do you mean by toxic people? (laughs) Oh boy. That's a whole can of worms. No, um, (laughs) I, I think we know, like, like you said, you know, when you eat a food and you know, it's going to make you feel bad, but you eat it anyway. And you go, I knew eating that was going to make me feel like garbage. Right. And we know, we know who those people are in our lives who like gossip or tear people down in front of us. And it's like, again, we like compromise. I think anytime you're like compromising what you know is good for yourself around those people, like that's a level of toxicity for sure. When you're like giving up something of yourself that you don't want to like eating that bad food. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, and I, I think it's also, if you like, when you can fully align with who you are, I think you're surrounded with the right people. Yes. Amen to that. Like yeah. know thyself, right. Going back to that stoic approach. Like, yeah. who are you even, do you know? Because if you don't, you're probably going to attract a bunch of people that kind of suck <laughs> into your life. Yeah. Well, I would, I would say like majority of people don't know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I, I, I want to say it's because we were told by society of who we should be. And so we get into this world as society of who we should be. We should make this kind of money. We should be married by them. We should have this many kids. We should have that white picket fence and da, da, da. And then if you don't have those, then, oh my goodness, the shame and guilt. Mm. And then if you don't, like, I think everybody is going after what either their parents wanted them to be, the society wanted them to be, and they're actually not fulfilling their own life purpose because they don't even know what they want. Yes. Like a thousand percent. I'm agreeing with you over here. I totally agree. And it's, Going back to that self-awareness, like doing an inventory, figuring out who you are, what you want, like what are your good qualities, what are your not so good qualities, and being able to sit with that. Um, it's funny, I I've gotten more into meditation probably in the last like year and a half or so, but really up until that point, I would, people would say, Oh, you should meditate, it's the greatest thing. And I was like, I suck at meditating. I always fall asleep. Like that's not no, it's never gonna work for me. Like, and then I realized I think it was because I was so like afraid to sit with myself. I was like, you know, like, oh, it's yeah. all quiet and there's no like extra like outside stimulus and like what I have to be with my thoughts and like, oh no, like <laughs> just being able to even sit with myself in silence, you know, when I'm home alone, like being aware, like I always had to have like a TV on or something, you know, like that's weird thing yes. of like, I just never wanting to be alone with like my own thoughts or just myself. <laughs> oh, I can totally relate. When COVID hit, I was like never home. I was never home. The only time I was here is when I had to sleep. 
And so when COVID hit and we were in lockdown, that was like really eye-opening for me. Cause then I was forced to sit at home <laughs> with, with a kid, but like, but it was just us two. And I was like, that drove, like, it drove me nuts for the first little while. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So was there like a, a transformation that happened or anything? Like how oh, did you big, kind of big time. step big, into that? Uh, I was, I, be, I believe I went through a big, like dark night of the soul. I went through a very depressed state first and then I was able to get myself out of it and then started doing more meditations. And then I, that's when I started and opened my business. Yeah. Awesome. So it was a big blessing in disguise. However, in that moment, it was, it was dark, but I yeah. wouldn't trade it because it got me to where I am today. What a message of hope. I think like, yeah. because oftentimes when we're in that dark moment and they may be like pitch blackouts yeah. <laughs> or they just may be like, Oh, someone turned off the light. Shoot. Right. I mean, it like they have different durations of time and different feelings that come along with them. But I think there's always something on the other side. And um, like, I'm curious, did you like lean on a support network or like, did you have like a, a mentor? Or did you find a coach? Like, you know, maybe what was something that like pulled you out of that? Yeah. So I had done a bunch of work already on myself. Like I'd done Reiki. I'd had a bunch of stuff done on myself. And so when I was going through this, I'd like, to, I'd call it the dark night of the soul. Cause I question everything that was going on in life. My, all the belief systems, like everything. Cause I just couldn't imagine what was going on in the world and how I was here in this. I, what I thought was a mess and I lost both my, uh, incomes. I was a single, single mom. So I was like, mm -hmm. my life is literally falling apart. And I was just like, I was like, have I been, I remember thinking, have I been through anything worse than this? And I had, I was yeah. like, I've been through something worse and I made it out of that. <laughs> so there's that. I was like, really it's money. If I can, I can figure out, I've always had a job. I can always figure out how to make money. So I was like, we don't need to stress about it. And eventually, first little while of uh, COVID, we just watched TV. And I remember just looking at my daughter and being like, she deserves a better mom than this. She like, she deserves to have someone who can step up in a crisis. And I'm, I'm, I just, I knew there was something out there and I just started, I'm like, okay, I got to get back into podcasts. I need to work on my mindset. Like I, I had all these tools, but I wasn't using them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Well, I think going back to like awareness, you just yeah. became aware, like all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, this isn't who I want to be. This isn't who my daughter needs. And that's amazing. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think like you touched on that too, like the, the tools, like, um, like, that's what I hope. That's what I hope always for my clients. It's like, you know, whether or not they're at that perfect ideal goal by the time we're done working together or whatever, like, I just want them to have some tools in their belt, like that they can pull out and use and feel empowered and like have some confidence in themselves to go like, oh, yeah, like, 
I did learn how to do that. And oh my gosh, look how far I came, you know, and to be able to, you know, hear my, maybe even my voice in their head, like a couple months from now or whatever years from now. And they're like, oh yeah, I remember how Crystal was like doing this and that, you know, like that's, that's my hope, you know, that's, that's what the legacy I guess I hope to leave is that, you know, I'm equipping people with some tools and hopefully they'll use them. And, and that's like totally outside my control, you know, whether people use them or not, you know, that's sort of, um, you know, a thing I had to really learn. I think before I could be the coach, I feel I was called to be because I have no control over what people do, how they eat, how they move, how they meditate, all this stuff, you know, I'm just kind of giving them those tools and saying, okay, well, it's up to you to use them. (laughs) Yeah. I know I've had this conversation with my coach as well is like, cause sometimes I get in this, like, but what happens if, um, cause sometimes I'll be like, what happens if I can't heal them? She's like, Holly, it's not your job. Your job is to give them all the knowledge they need. It is up to them to use the tools. It's up to them to decide that they want their life to change. And so, so many times we get in this, like, I know I get in that fearful place and I have to step back of like, oh, but what happens if they don't get the benefits that they're wanting? If they want the benefits, they will do the work that's involved because in the end, we can't do the work for them. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like even Jesus ran into that, right? Yeah. (laughs) There were times where he was like, you know, somebody, like somebody had to have the faith for it to even work. I mean, you know, I mean, believe people believe different things, but like, you know, when you read sort of like those stories, it's like a lot of times, like your, your, he would say your faith has saved you or healed you. Right. Because we have to accept, we have to want to accept that change for ourselves. And like you said, kind of do the work. That's, that's the thing nobody wants to hear. (laughs) Yeah. I got work for it. Oh no. But it, but I like how you put a, like, it can be fun and we don't have to take it so serious because when it becomes fun, I believe we stick to it more. No, oh, absolutely. Right. We mm-hmm. always want to do the fun thing. We never want to do the thing that sucks and is hard, but also like, I think there's where the greatest reward is. And, you know, I've, I've heard like MMA fighters, you know, talk about this, that it's really like the discipline that is the reward, like the, the discipline that you have to push yourself through a really tough workout or to get up every morning and meditate or write in your journal, like, Oh my God, this is so annoying. Why do I have to write three gratitudes every day? Well, you're developing a discipline. You're developing like this part of your brain that says like, you could do hard things. And I think, you know, kind of going back to like square one, oftentimes it's like, we have to rewrite that story because so oftentimes we're like, well, I'm not disciplined because I, there's no evidence. Most people who come to me have zero evidence that they are a disciplined person. They're just not, you know, that's why they need me (laughs) or, you know, whatever they need you, they need, you know, healers and coaches and people. And so really it's that like, okay, well, what's an affirmation that you could repeat to yourself? Like, I love routine. I am disciplined. I am, empowered. I am confident. Like I love to exercise. You know, some of those, like, it sounds super hokey. I think when we're like, we hear about all affirmations and it's like, oh, it's like this, like fairy dust that we just sprinkle on life. But 
what people don't realize is like, we're constantly saying affirmations to ourselves. They're just negative. Like every time we make a poor decision that affirms the opposite of what we want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our, our, our brains are always looking for like proof, you know, proof that something is true. So, you know, that's why we get like stuck in these cycles of behavior because we go like, oh, well, see, I knew I wasn't disciplined and here's X, Y, Z in my life today that proves this very thing. Well, when you start to say like, I am disciplined, it sounds like we go like, oh, that sounds weird. No, that's not true. And we kind of laugh. And and that's like the playful part of it, you know, being able to laugh at yourself and be like, that's ridiculous. Of course I'm not disciplined, but say it anyway, say it anyway. And then what eventually starts to happen, Holly, is like, you keep repeating this to yourself and you're like, oh, you know what? Like I was out with my friends and I said no to that last shot. Like maybe I am disciplined. And then this weird thing starts to happen where now we have some sort of proof or evidence that this thing could be true. Right. So we say, well, I'll guess I'll just keep doing it. Right. And then the next day something happens, you go, oh, interesting. That that's a lot more disciplined than I usually am. So again, we start to build on that confidence and it starts to affirm that new belief that we want for ourselves. Right. And I want to touch on this part of discipline because I've had some clients come to me and say, oh, but I'm not disciplined. And this is something I said years and years ago. And someone caught me off guard and says, you're not disciplined. I said, no. And they're like, do you brush your teeth every day? And I'm like, well, yeah. They're like, well, you're disciplined. You're just choosing what you're disciplined in. And I was like, oh, so yeah, we a lot of times we think we're not disciplined, but they, they, we can find places in our life that we are disciplined in. Like, yeah. do we show up to work on time? Do we, exactly. like, do we pick our kids up on time? Or like, do we, I don't, like there are areas, every single one of us are disciplined in some area in our life. Right. And, and generally it's the things that we put priority in. Right. Yes. And fortunately, <laughs> Once again, ourselves have fallen to the bottom of that priority right. list. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's putting us first. We need to put us first a hundred percent, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The self-care is real. The need for that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So interesting that, you know, you're a mom and I don't know how old your daughter is, but we are, we are just uh, like starting the path of sort of growing a family and you know, I, I think about that. I think about kind of the struggles because, um, you know, I am a very like routine person and I have a lot of like, you know, I do this, this, and this in the morning and that sets up my day. And like, I know like having a child is going to like totally throw a wrench in like that. And I'm yes. like, oh man, like, all right, Crystal, it's really time to practice what you're preaching here. <laughs> like, I, I would say take like for the first year have no expectations. <laughs> that's good that's if you good. have I a routine pretty much throwing them out the window now yeah, yeah. Just, if you have a routine okay when the baby sleeps you sleep like yeah I would throw all expectations out the window for your first year <laughs> that's good advice thank you <laughs> yeah. yeah my she's gonna be 10 this November so wow yeah it's okay. it's been challenging to get I started my mindset and nutrition journey when I was pregnant with her. So, 
it's been quite the journey. So I didn't have like the gratitude journal and all these things put in place before. So these are things that I developed after, but it was a struggle because I was like, how with all with a kid running around, but I've gotten to like have her participate with me and to do it with me or find it. Like uh, when I was doing affirmations, I'd have them in the mirror when we're getting ready or to just work it in throughout your day. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And what a cool like example of just leadership and you doing it and someone seeing it and saying, Oh, interesting. What's that? You know, oftentimes that's, that's what happens or, you know, kind of going back to like what we said about leaving the tribe or doing something else. I mean, we never know who's watching or who wants to do that thing too. Or, you know, somebody might have the same goal or dream or whatever as us and never express that because they have the same fears as, as we do. So being able to say like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to skip drinks with you guys tonight. I'm going to this yoga class. Like who knows in a few weeks, one of those other women might be like, interesting. Where's that class? I think I want to go with you. Like people eventually want to come along. Initially people are like, Oh, what are you doing? Like, this is weird. I'm comfortable. Like you're changing. But then eventually once people see our transformation, I think that becomes really attractive and they go, yeah. Okay. Shoot. What are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I totally agree with that as well. Um, I do have one last question for you. If you had one piece of advice for anyone, uh, what piece of advice would that be? Hmm. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I try not to give advice per se, but, um, I think, I think it's find a philosophy, like find something to help you move through life. And whether that's a spiritual connection, whether that's like picking up stoicism or something like that, or, you know, finding something to like ground you, I think is really helpful. And, you know, philosophy can come from a coach or, you know, someone like you that works with their body and the healing process, like, but like find a map, I guess, really what it is. Like, this is a journey. Life has, you know, a destination of some sort. Like we're always going somewhere and, you have no map, like how the hell are you supposed to find a way? So right. And that's sort of, I think what I would tell anyone is to find the map, like whatever that is, figure it out. Yeah. That's a, that's really great advice. I really, I believe that to be, I know I felt the most lost when I was not connected, when I didn't have a map, when I didn't have faith or what I believed in, or I felt very lost and not connected, didn't want to be like, yeah. So I believe that's really great advice. Like, I think we should all find our map to find our journey. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And it might change. Like, again, that's kind of like where that playfulness comes in. Like you may pick up a book and read it. Some of that stuff may really resonate with you and some of it might not. So it's okay to like, kind of take what you like and leave the rest. And like, right. There's always detours and yes. You even when we look at sort of like a map of the United States, like there's many different highways that could get you somewhere. One might take you around about way and the other one might be more direct, but Hey, you might see some cool things. If you take that really windy roundabout way. So that's cool too. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's a really great way to look at it. Um, so where can people find you if they're looking to connect with you, ask you any questions, where can they find you? Yes. Thank you. So, uh, I have a website, crystallizedhealthadvisors.com. I am also on Instagram, crystal.bagliera, or you can follow my podcast and my YouTube channel. It's called the playful life. And it's just that it's, it's giving you, you know, little nuggets of, playfulness and ways to incorporate those things, ways to feel alive in your life. And, you know, having conversations just like this with people that, you know, allowing other people to tell their stories on my show and how they figured it out, you know, like maybe not figured it out completely, but like, how are they injecting, you know, play and just living their best lives. So I encourage people to do that. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your knowledge. I really appreciate it and uh, know that you are helping so many people and thank you for all the work that you do in this world. Well, thank you, Holly. Likewise. So glad that we got connected. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and following along. I would love to hear what you have found most valuable in today's episode. Please leave a review here on the podcast so that I can keep sharing these amazing tools and knowledge that I pick up along the way on my healing journey. If you are not already following me on social media, join me there where I share my daily life and inspiration throughout the day by following Holly Finucane on Instagram or Facebook. I love each and every single one of you, and I believe we all have the power and the ability to heal. I can't wait to connect with you and hear how your healing journey is going. Make sure to go out there and spread some love and kindness throughout the day. Love you all.